I didn't know that that was going to be as difficult as what I found in like the last couple of weeks, last couple of months. I honestly didn't think it was going to be an issue. And then the last couple of weeks or like I said, the last couple of months being by myself, uh, it became more challenging than I realized. I didn't expect that. And I didn't want it to be that way. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, still at home and not going anywhere anytime soon, and certainly not the trail for April 4th. And this is the podcast where I talk to experienced through hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a through hike. Today's guest is Rue, known off trail as Rue McKenrick. He set out in July of 2019 on the first scout for a new long trail the American Perimeter Trail. He has plans to finish back in Oregon in November of 2020. And in mid-February, I caught up with him in East Texas. In this episode, we talk about the isolation and loneliness of being the first, the logistics of creating a trail, public land versus private land navigation, and what he hopes this trail will become. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Rue. Hello. Hello. Fantastic. Hi. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We made it happen. We did. Man, we did it. Isn't that great? I, I'm feeling pretty good right now, actually. How about you? Oh, man. I feel like garbage. Oh, no. What's going on? Where are you right now? Uh, I just, um, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm just, like, not physically feeling good. Mm. So so that happens, and um, I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, my back has kind of gone out a little bit. And it's not, it's not feeling right. And, um, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right for someone to feel that way. Absolutely. Well, and I guess to, to put it into perspective for the people who are listening to this. um, Yeah. You are in currently in Texas somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like how, how far in Texas? You know, I'm almost across Texas. Wow. Okay. Which is kind of neat because I was always told that like driving across Texas uh, was like a feat on its own. Yeah. And I've almost walked across it. So that's kind of um, crazy. Ha- well, there's um, there's some national forest on the eastern end of. Texas. And so I've been pretty much going through private land and um, that's been difficult. It's been really tough because I've had to walk roads and like be cautious about where I was camping and that sort of thing. And I guess on the eastern side here, uh, there's going to be 
public land, so I'm really excited about that. The world will open yeah. up for you. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of neat. They have all these different regions in Texas. Uh, the one, uh, the western side, is called like Big Bend. It uh, has mountains, and it's uh, mostly desert. And then there's another region um, that is mostly just desert, just flat and desert. Um, then there's some prairie. And then there's what they call uh, the hill. I'm going to call it the hill district. But I don't think that's what they call it. The hill country. And uh, there's forest there. That's pretty neat. And um, then you head east to either the coast or you go into the pine country. And uh, that's where I'm heading right now. So lots of forest and pine and public land and I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. But again, to kind of put it into context, I mean, Texas, walking across Texas is not actually the, the goal here. I mean, it is a small piece of the overall goal. So that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you started in, in where at, at what time? Yeah, no, I mean, I started in Oregon uh, in uh, late to mid-July. Of last year. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Texas is not the goal. But, however, with that being said, uh, Texas probably has been some of the most challenging. And even though it's been fairly flat, like the terrain is not that difficult. But as far as there being private land and uh, uh, trying to travel through, it's probably pretty difficult. Because if you leave Oregon, you can find uh, plenty of public land. Yeah. And uh, I came south on the Pacific Crest Trail. And then I went through that on uh, California. And I was familiar with all of that because I'd hiked all that before. And then even coming over into uh, Nevada and Arizona and New Mexico, a lot of public land. So I had to do a lot of navigating, like just a lot of map and compass, but that wasn't anything that I was uncomfortable with. That was okay for me to uh, traverse these like different landscapes and explore them. I think the thing that was the most difficult was water, of course. <laughs> yeah. You went through Death Valley, right? That's right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and um It's not really known for its I water. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good decision that I made there. Um I have not published that route because I'm not comfortable with <laughs> I'm not comfortable with someone saying, well, yeah, let's do it. there's no, there, yeah, there's no route through Death Valley, but you know, this guy did it and then we can go do this route because it, it was like, it was very dangerous. I, you know, I made the decision to do that because I wanted to. It wasn't a decision that I made to like, 
see how tough or hard I was. I just had never been to Death Valley. I honestly just wanted to go see it. That was it. How much of what you're doing right now, like you went down the PCT, you went through Death Valley, you went through the Grand Canyon, you did the Arizona Trail, like you're sort of trying to connect these things together and and then also kind of navigating your way through things. But you're creating a trail right now, or you're trying to create a trail right now, you know, the American Perimeter Trail. How much of what you're what you're currently doing is going to end up, do you think, on the final trail? Or do you think that having done it now, you'll go, you know what, I think that we need to adjust this and this, or there's got to be a better way to do things? Oh, totally. And I appreciate that question, because I think that's like, obviously, you're acknowledging uh, kind of my process, and I don't think that what I am doing is going to look much like what the final product is. Or <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly not. I mean, I've been exploring doing this, and um, I'm learning as I go. So... Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be the final product. And I don't know if I've been able to message that or make that understood that this is like a process that I'm going through. And um, I, I, I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm coming back next year. There's going to be some people joining me. And we're going to scout out some more of this. But I've, you know, made decisions as best as I can. And I've made some good decisions. And (laughs) I've made some really poor decisions. So, you know, just. (laughs) And and that's part of the exploration part of it. I, I, I admire people who just like basically point out something on the map or whatever, and they decide that's what they're going to do. And they follow that. I admire that, but that (laughs) has not been this process at all. So just because that's me, I mean, it's like a personality thing, I guess. But you're also like, you're, I dare I make this analogy, but but you're Lewis and Clark heading to see what was over the mountains. Like you're trying to figure out how to piece all of this together. Cause now you're heading east. You're in Texas. It's late February right now. And where like what is your what is your target before you start heading north again? Okay. So again <laughs> <laughs> We're not nobody's sure. gonna like this. <laughs> Nobody's going to like this. I love it already. Okay. Okay. Nobody's going to like this, but I probably head up the Tenote Trail uh, in Alabama, but I've already hiked that. And then go up to the Appalachian Trail. Well, I hit the Florida Trail. But just know, like, I've done this stuff before, and I could possibly uh, get there and decide that's not what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) it's just you know i make these decisions week to week yeah okay and um 
I would probably feel more secure if I kind of like made hard decisions about it, but that's not been my process. (laughs) It just hasn't been. (laughs) Luckily you're walking, so you have time to make decisions. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. I had no idea I was going down the Arizona trail. Until you ended up at the trailhead and went, hmm, sounds good. I just, like, you know, wanted to go over to the Grand Canyon. And so, like I said, as far as the APT goes, I'll have to come back. <laughs> and scout things out and decide, like, what's the the best decision there. So are you looking at this as being a, a like a first scout for the American Perimeter Trail? Or are you kind of just exploring right now and kind of piecing it together? And then you'll take everything that you learn out of this process and go, okay, this is how we're going to try it next time. Go. I think it's probably the latter. Okay. Um, and, and, and if, you know, I'm learning a lot through this process. But we will create this trail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that are engaged right now, and we'll start a nonprofit, and and we will do this. What the final thing is going to look like, I don't know. And I think that's part of um, the fun, or part of the project. You know, the Appalachian Trail did not look the same way that it looks right now. The Pacific Crest Trail did not look the same way as it looks right now. The Continental Divide Trail, I hiked that back in 2007. It doesn't even look the same at all because these trails are constantly evolving. Even the Appalachian Trail changes mileage every year. So one year, if you look at the guidebook, it'll be a certain kind of mileage and the next year will be less or more. So what what causes that? Is that because of fire or trail destruction or change in ownership of land around things or? Yeah. So you know, with the Appalachian Trail uh, specifically, part of that is trail technology. So when that trail initially was formed, there was a lot of Forest Service roads, and then there would just be volunteers, and uh, they would want to go up to a peak, and they would just go straight up to the peak, and they would go straight down the other side. <laughs> and now there's <laughs> that's what they would do. And so now there's now there's trail clubs and they say, Oh, maybe we'll put some switchbacks in here or we have some erosion controls because we don't wanna destroy the mountains. So, you know, that would be one example of how things are like constantly evolving. Uh I, I guess another example would be just that there's been like a lot of easements through private land. And over time, that land has been 
able to be acquired. So okay, I have no I have no interest in the APT like being a land grab. We won't do that. We will not do that. But if someone wants to have an easement, uh, we can do that. And then 20 years later, if they're just like, well, let's just sell that, then we'll do that. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? Or do I need to explain that a little bit? No, I think it makes sense. I, th- I think. Okay. I mean, well, well, first you've, first you've got to find the trail. <laughs> Or piece the trail mm-hmm. together, um, and then figure out how that I think works within the pr- the parameters of you know what public land, private land, trail already recognized trails, and so forth are part of that. Yeah, that's right. But like for instance, in Texas, one point two percent of the land in Texas is public. That's very small. So there's some challenges there as opposed to, um, let's say, uh, you know, Arizona, where 80% of the land is public. So you have those kind of uh, challenges, but I think it's been um, challenging for me. I guess at times to like hike and I, I think you're underselling sure this, I'm, Rue. <laughs> I'm sorry? I think you're underselling this. <laughs> Very deadpan. You're saying, I think this has been a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how to respond to that. It's I, okay. I, except that you were doing something hard. <laughs> okay, Aaron. I, I appreciate that. Okay. Well, let me speak to that then a little bit. Beautiful. Um, okay, great. Um, so one thing that I didn't think uh, was going to be that difficult was the fact of being alone all the time. I I honestly thought that that wasn't going to be that much of a challenge. Because of all the hiking you'd previously done? I'm sorry? Because of all the hiking you'd previously done? Yeah, and then just like my normal life, like day-to-day, I spend a lot of time uh, by myself because I tend to recharge my batteries that way. So I guess it's, you know, in part being an introvert, but I, I didn't know that that was going to be as difficult as what I found in like the last couple of weeks, last couple of months. I honestly didn't think it was going to be an issue. And then the last couple of weeks or like I said, the last couple of months being by myself, uh, it became more challenging than I realized. I didn't expect that. And 
I didn't want it to be that way, but I found myself uh, really being alone and um, that was, like I said, it was more difficult than I, than I realized. How have you, how have you dealt with that or, or have you reached out to people, even if it's just online or, or, you know, that type of thing? Have you been able to do something like that? Mm. That's a really good question. I didn't realize that I've always been a pretty private person. So I didn't have any interest when I started this, like, being online with Facebook or Instagram. I wanted other people to do that for me. I just didn't, it it didn't appeal to me. And it still doesn't. (laughs) In some ways, it still doesn't. But I, I have found that I have, like, reached out in those ways. And I'm surprised by that. You're surprised that you reached out or that you're surprised at people's responses? Uh, No, I'm surprised that I reached out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that I've, there's been moments where um, I've like been very vulnerable and, um, and sharing. And I mean, to me, uh, my perspective is that it's oversharing (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't know that at all because before i started on this trip i didn't want to have anything to do with that i mean i wasn't on facebook or instagram or anything for years Mm -hmm. because i just like i said i was a very private person and i have found myself like reaching out more in those ways. And it's been positive. It's been very positive. So, and I didn't know that, you know what I mean? I didn't know. So. Yeah. My suspicion would be that if you, if, or when you reached out, like there's this community because this, this has been my experience with, with the community, even as a sort of a, a newbie getting into it. But that there's this community of people out there who are just waiting to lift you up. All you have to do is put your hand out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I didn't know that. Initially, when I started reaching out, I got, um, I don't know what you call it. Do you call it trolled or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I got trolled some in there and um, I wasn't expecting that but other than that I mean I've just it's just been a really positive experience and so when people tell me that they are engaged in social media and it's a very negative experience for them I don't really necessarily relate to that because it's just been a very positive experience for me. But I I guess what I want to tell you is that I didn't know 
that I would be so personal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went from a person who was not interested in social media at all, I want to share anything, to a person who at times is like, you know, expressing things that are very, very personal to me. How cool. How neat. Very. I think that's great. Yeah. I, and I think that that yeah. is, that, that honesty is, that personal and, and honesty is what people respond to with, you know, their, their honesty back, their, their support back. And I have tried to make this clear that I am just a person who is a backpacker. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I am just backpacking. Okay. And if we can get this APT on the ground, that's awesome. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I honestly don't, I don't care about notoriety. I don't care about money. I don't have like, some some kind of like maybe famous or something like that over this. I just think this is like a cool thing for us to do as humans. I think it'd be, it'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> um, and I don't have like I'm not really interested in anything else. I mean, I'm just just a dude. I'm just a dude. Which begs the um, question, like, what is your trail name? <laughs> my trail name? No, I haven't used my trail name for years. Uh, when I was, uh, let's see, like, let's see, in 20, okay. When I first threw hiked the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. So that would have been, it wasn't 20 years ago, but it was close to um, they called me Groovy with Rue in the middle, R-U-E. So they called me Groovy, G-R-U-E-V-Y. <laughs> and, and you know, I didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> I didn't even like it. But that's what they called me at that point in time. And I think uh, that was in part because I let everyone know who I met that I love them. Mm. And and that was it. I just simply cover I met on that trail. I let them know that I could I love them and they could have that space with nice. me if they chose to. And if they they didn't work for them then it was okay too. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, was, I was hiking with like, uh, I wasn't hiking with them. I was running into like a couple of guys and a couple of women and they were the ones that were like, yeah, you're groovy. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm not that groovy, but I just, um, wanted to let them know that I, that I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then, um, after that trail, I never used, uh, uh, trail name again. Why? Because, um, I mean, you've hiked, you've triple crowned. Obviously, you're hiking this. You, you've hiked a lot. Yeah. I, How many miles? Um, I think maybe it's because it was, I mean, maybe on the Pacific Crest Trail, it was a little bit different. But by the time I got to the CDT, I had met many of those folks on the trails and we didn't use trail names anymore. I don't know how else to say that. I just, mm-hmm. um, we, we were kind of like family, you know, and so I, I think we just wanted to know each other's first name. And also our last name. I don't know how else to put that, but I, I think that's what happened. By the time I got to the PCT and the CDT, uh, or definitely the CDT, we were talking in uh, real names. And there was only like 12 of us. I, I think I only met 12 people on the CDT. What was the year that you, you know? did the CDT? Uh, 2007. Okay. And I think we just were really straight up and honest in that way. I mean, like my friend Jessica, if we had a situation where we needed to go to the hospital, it's like it was kind of important to know her first name and her last name. Yeah. Very yeah. Much so. so I think, I think that's it. You know, we weren't using trail names anymore. Um, we let each other know, like, what the trail names were, but. Do you think the use of trail names, not that it's a new thing, but it's, it's a much more, It's become a bigger deal, I guess. Now? I don't know if I understand the question. I guess because now people who go out and do these through hikes, um, whether they do one or three or ten or, you know, however, um, they're very proud of their trail names. They're very proud of receiving trail names. And they, they when they're on the trail, identify with these trail names um, or identify by these trail names. Do you think that's something that has sort of come about more recently? That that identification with the trail names as opposed to your off-trail names? You know, I I would be the wrong person to ask about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, I think if there's, okay, I don't know. I might be wrong here, okay? But I think there's like 4,000 of us, then the trail name kind of makes sense. But if there's 30 of us, that uh, it's I more of a family thing. 
and we don't use the trail names because we just like really have to be responsible for each other. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, man, I, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask, but it seems to me that, yeah, if there's 30 of us, then we have to be really responsible for each other. We have to, which means we need to know each other's real names or uh, social security numbers. Like, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, yeah, it okay. does. Okay. Okay. I think that's appropriate. And I would encourage anyone who is on like a trail where there's not that many people that they engage with each other. And that way, because I, I just think that when the emergency situations happen, we've, we've got to have some information mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's not like pretentious or anything like that. It's just that's all. Yeah. It's going to be better off if you have to walk into a medical thing to be able to say, this is. Scott Jones, as opposed to this is Mountain Goat or whatever it is. I think, I think so. Uh, I think so. And I've been in that situation before. I I could be wrong. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I could be wrong, but I've been in that situation before. So I think that. You have, you have, because you've been in that situation, you have a different perspective on it. Honestly, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And I don't think that people shouldn't use trail names or anything like that. They can use trail names. That's fine. But I would say probably if you're on a trail and there's not that many people, the information is important. I think it is. So you're currently on a trail that has... One person, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. <laughs> but to, uh, to telescope back from that, what okay. is what is your? Actually, I guess this is a twofold question, really. Which is, what is your overall goal for the American Perimeter Trail? So, I, I like, what are you trying to do with the trail when? as you start figuring out where the trail goes and what inspired you to, to do it. All right. So maybe I'll stop it or maybe I'll start at the, the ladder. Okay. Um, okay. So you talked about um, inspiration. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have a clue. You just walked out of your front door one day and started walking. In. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was about ten years ago. Okay, it's about ten years ago, and I was like, "Huh, maybe this is something that could be done." Fair. Well, personally, to me, it sounds crazy, but but for you who have a few miles, who have a few miles on your legs, uh, probably not unreasonable considering 
the other people that I've talked to who keep trying to find bigger and bigger trails or more and more miles to loop together. Okay. Okay. So let me maybe, maybe go to the former. Okay. Thank you for that. Maybe I'll go to the former. Yeah, this certainly was not a go bigger, go better mm-hmm. um, sort of concept. I never felt that way. Probably 10 years ago, like I said, I first kind of like had some conception around how we could do this. But yeah, it, it wasn't a go bigger, go better sort of idea. I had worked for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, and I had worked for a couple of different trail organizations and nonprofits, and I saw what they were doing. And what they were doing was they were conserving land, air, and water through a recreation process. I can remember I was probably twenty three years old or something. I spoke with one of the directors at the Appalachian Trail Conservancy and I was wrong. Um I said, you know, recreation organization and she let me know that was not true. They weren't interested in through hiking. They weren't interested in hiking, but they were a conservation organization. And so they were going through this process of doing that, and their membership was largely folks who were engaged in recreation. But truly, their idea was to conserve and and to make this corridor through the Appalachian through the Appalachians, it would be preserved forever. So when she told me that, I started to understand that there could be this connection between recreation and conservation. And I was like, man, these guys are pretty smart. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was just about to say, that's actually pretty yeah. brilliant. Like, yeah, they're pretty the smart. <laughs> you get people to care about the conservation. Right. They're pretty smart. They're almost like tricking people into... <laughs> so, um, so I saw that and I was like, wow, how brilliant is that? It's pretty smart. So with the APT, it looks like a recreational process, and it looks like maybe a process of like, I'm trying to get some notoriety over doing this, and it can be further from the fact. It really couldn't be. The fact of the matter is conserving you know, part of this land and we're going to do that and that's okay. And, uh, the air, the water, the fauna, the, all of it, 
we're going to do that? Why not? Why wouldn't we? And so, how cool is that? I think it's pretty neat. <laughs> it is pretty neat. It's it's amazing. It would be amazing to think of a trail that somehow goes all around the country. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a road trip across the country and back again. And that was such an amazing experience that the thought of doing that by foot while very daunting also sounds truly amazing. But it's not, it's not that important that I'm like doing that on foot. It's really not that important. What's important is we get to have like some really um, beautiful spaces in this country that are going to be preserved forever. That's, you know, that's the thing. We can do this. So you've very much taken the the AT um, the ATC's philosophy to heart. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of interesting. Like when I hiked the Connell Divide Trail, and that was pretty interesting. How so? Because it was all over the place. <laughs> and it really was. It was all over the place and kind of like figure this out as we went or as I went. I were I mean I worked for I mean I worked for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy uh when I was let me see, it was I was probably twenty eight years old or something. And they did a lot of work around the corridor. So at that point in time, it wasn't so much that they were like, they had made a trail at that point in time. So it wasn't so much that they were like trying to figure out how to make a trail through all these forest service roads and that Earl Schaefer had hiked 50 years before, you know, they pretty much had a trail there, but they were trying to figure out how to like protect the corridor. So, you know, like for instance, um, there was, um, a place in Pennsylvania where they wanted to put up a bunch of windmills right on the corridor. And I, I, they're not wrong for that, but they want to put up a bunch of windmills. And the ATC said, you know, we're not going to allow that. And you can't do that. And it's weird because, like, well, wasn't that environmentally something in which uh, they were creating energy that wasn't carbon-based? But they made the decision there. They were like, no, you can't do that in this corridor. We have these beautiful mountains here. 
And so you don't get to develop stuff, put roads in here, and you just you don't get to do that. I don't know if they were right or if they were wrong. I don't know. But they were willing to take that chance. And good for them. Hey, that's yeah. that's most of the battle right there is taking a position. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, if it's if it's public land, then I think it I personally I think that they probably were right. Okay. Um, but I'm sure that there are 10 people out there who think that they were wrong, you know, but I think that that is, that's the, that, that is the constant fight that we have with our public lands, honestly. Um, whether it's the forests and logging or putting, you know, windmills up on top of a mountain or, you know, what have you. How, how do we, Use it best, or I guess, yeah, use it best for the benefit of the public. Because essentially, do, everybody does own it, hypothetically. How did you... Oh, go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, go for it. What were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say that uh, as far as the Appalachians, I didn't feel this way before that we need to protect everything. And then as I got to have like more information, I feel like we have to, and I, and I could be totally wrong, but it's hard because I, I, I don't want anyone to have a land grab. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want anyone to like be stealing land or anything like that. But the way I've been looking at it is when it's gone, it's gone. Oh, definitely. And so I feel like people have been like very critical of Appalachian Trail Conservancy because of that. But I'm not because I feel like when it's gone, it's gone. And... That's the way I'm looking at it. I could be wrong, but that's the way I feel about it. So, anyways, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, my my question was, what initially either got you into, you know, through hiking or pushed you out onto that first trail? So, essentially, there is like a way in which People are engaging with nature and they're engaging with the wilderness and they're engaging with each other. And maybe they think it's just going to be engaging with the wilderness or maybe they don't think it's going to be that many people or, well, I'm not exactly sure, but there is a possibility that we go and we engage with the wilderness and then we engage with each other and we become more loving, uh, appreciative, amazing people in that way. 
You know, and I, I found that people are mostly that way. And I'm like, I'm like getting emotional right now. It's a beautiful thing. Because that is, that is the way that I saw that people were. And um, I really found that. I really found that on the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail or whatever. Doesn't really matter. That these people so engaged and like so loving to each other. I felt like that was the most important part of backpacking that these people were like this and um, I think they are. I believe they are. And um, I, I, I honestly think it's going to change the world. I mean, I honestly think that I think it's going to change the world. I think they're just like the most lovely, uh, amazing people. And I mean, maybe I'm naive. I could be naive in that supposition, but that's the way that I'm looking at it. Did you, did you find that on that first trail? Yeah, I did. Is that what pushed you to do the second trail and the third trail and the? I would I would say so. Yeah. It kept drawing you back. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, some of these people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, no. Some of these people are total assholes. They're complete <laughs> stuck up, full of themselves assholes. They totally are. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there's these other people who are not that way. And it's worth it's worth everything. It's absolutely worth everything. Yeah. I hear from a lot of people that I talk to who've hiked the trails that the people like the thing that they remember the most about the trail and the thing that keeps drawing them back is the people and having those connections to the people. Like I said, I'm not being dishonest. Like half of them are complete assholes. <laughs> yeah. But then there's that other part. Um, I mean, um, Someone that would put down their life for you. No question. Yeah. No question at all. And um I'm not I'm not saying that's everyone, but when you meet those people, it's pretty critical and pretty amazing. And um 
It's really great to have that experience. Like, we relied on each other, is the way I'm looking at it. And we had to, like, help each other no matter what. No matter what was going on. There wasn't 5,000 of us. Uh, There was 30 of us. And... Yeah, there was no, none of us had cell phones or anything like someone got sick or was like in trouble. We stopped what we were doing, you know, like we didn't, oh, well, I have to make 30 miles a day or something. Mm -hmm. We stopped whatever we had to do. And we, if we had to pick that person up on our back and carry them out for 30 miles or whatever. That's what we did. But we did that. You know, all of us did that. We all did that. In 2005, coming down the Pacific Crest Trail, there were trail angels, but they weren't like... Trail angels that you went on Facebook and knew about. Mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. would just, you would run into someone in town and they'd be like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Like, yeah, I'm hiking down this trail and they'd be like, oh, wow, that's super cool. That's awesome. Do you need a shower or something? Like, oh man, I I can't ask you for that. Like, no, 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 it's it's cool. It's totally cool. No problem. And so then they'd be like, Come on, hop in. Hop into the truck or whatever. Give your ride. You should you should meet my wife. My daughter's like super interested in uh uh backpacking or whatever. She would love to talk with you. Uh, I guess to completely tangent off of this topic and onto a different topic. Okay. Uh, which is that in doing this, you've, <laughs> you've had a, a few mishaps. I mean, not the least of which is obviously your back right now, but, but you've also had, you've had some injuries and, and some, you know, kind of issues like that. But you've also had the push to keep, you know, you got to keep moving. You got to keep going forward. How, how do you, how do you, how do you balance the two aspects of that? Okay. Um, I'm not, am I not being I'm really not clear? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I understand the question. Okay. Let me, let me, uh, let me rephrase. Let's, let me, let me keep it really, really simple. For myself okay. and you. Okay. How do you deal with injury and, and that type of thing on the trail? Mm. Okay. So I, I do the best that I can. It's not, I think it's probably like the hardest thing that I can't explain to anyone. And I don't act weak about it. But I have had moments where I've had an injury and 
have like had to lay on the ground in the tent for days and not able to eat um, or drink anything. I mean, what did you do to yourself? I'm sorry. What did you do to yourself? Okay. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had, oh man, I had a situation where my stomach seized up and I couldn't eat anything. I would just throw up for like days. Ugh. That happened. Do you ever think about getting off trail? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. During those times. No, I absolutely did. And, um, you know, I absolutely did. And what, what keeps you there? What keeps you on trail? Um, I, I guess like, to preface that a little bit, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to start out on, in April on the PCT, which will be my first trail. And I know that the trail is going to kick my ass. And I know that mm. there are going to be times when, when it hurts and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, to discover and piece together what other people who have done this successfully do in those moments so that I have, I have something to draw from. Okay. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you more, tell you more, tell you about the, the, uh, the nerves and the excitement and the, I'm sure this is going to kick my ass. I'm sure that I'm going to want to, Amputate my feet because they're going to hurt so much. <laughs> Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I am uh, not a big fan of the blisters. And uh, oh, I, I hear people talking about obviously getting sick, giardia, and things like that on the trail. Um, and then you know, let alone the actual injuries that can happen. You know, whether it's rolling an ankle or something even worse. But, but they're, and I think everybody is probably a little different in terms of how they approach it, but there has to be a mindset, I guess, that keeps you moving forward, even in those situations, or that keeps you on the trail, even in those situations where it would probably be easier to quit or to leave the trail. Okay. And so I guess I'm, I'm kind of wondering for your, for you who have done thousands and thousands of miles at this point, uh, what is that that pushes you to stay on the trail in those moments? Is it, is it your why? Is it a, uh, is it, uh, I don't even know what, uh, is it a catchphrase? Is it a, you know, is it a rule that you have for yourself? Um, you know, that type of thing. Okay, Steph. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. I think that's amazing that you want to go hike uh, to PCT this year. 
I think that's incredible. And um, you, you're gonna, you, you will be successful. I know you will. How do you know I that? Know, I, I just know that from speaking <laughs> with you. I know that. You will be successful. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be fun most of the time. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Hey, I'm telling you, it's going to be fun most of the time. And some of the time, it's not going to be fun. Okay? But it will be fun most of the time. And I am clear that uh, you'll be successful. And I hope that if you come across some challenges or whatever, that you contact me and uh, we can talk about that. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at it. I know you're going to be totally successful and it's going to be fun most of the time. <laughs> but 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 summertime it's not gonna be fun and that's that's okay. That's all right. And I, I um The nature of the beast. Yeah, and I'm kind of like um I'm wanting to do that, so I'm kinda of jealous. I'm jealous in some ways. Cause I wanna do that. You wanna do what? Uh on the PCT with you. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> the PCT sounds fun right now. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm totally jealous. And um, you're going to do awesome. I appreciate that. Because I, yeah, no, I, I literally just in the last week, so I was kind of hedging. I was kind of sitting on the fence and, you know, I had this work opportunity versus doing the trail and, and some, some, some shit happened. And I've basically chosen to do the trail this summer, you know, made the conscious decision to do the trail this summer. And part of the reason that I've made that choice is because the thought of doing the trail is both exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. And that's, that's what I want to do with my life is be exhilarated and terrified all at the same time. That's great. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. I think that's awesome. And like I said, um, I'm with you to support anything that you need to know so, you know, the thing is about the Pacific Restaurant is like, it is, it is like the most beautiful trail that exists on the planet, probably. I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Appalachian Trail is cool. The Continental Divide Trail, that's cool. But... The Pacific Crest Trail is really pretty amazing. It, it, in one respect, I mean, on any of these trails, kind of, it, they boggle my mind a little bit when you think about connecting a trail that 
for, for the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail. It's connecting from border to border. You know, for the Appalachian Trail, it goes through however many states that it goes through. Um, you know, 13 or 14 states. And that just is amazing to me. And what you're trying to do is like, my, my brain can't even conceive of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, just, just know that like, I'm not interested in being a superhuman mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of been a uh, evolution of, I went through like a process and so here I am. And, uh, when do you expect to be done? I would say probably November. So, so that I, to make sure that I have this correct, because you're doing the loop, you're in Texas now. Mm-hmm. You have to loop up, you have to go all the way up the East Coast, and then you have to head back across, across the northern states in November. That's right. Yeah. Do I have that right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you have that right. And, oh, okay, so you're going to be a person who says you can't do that. No, not at all. I'm going to be okay. the person who says, holy shit. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. No, I, you've been doing this. There's nothing, I'm not, I'm never, I would never say you can't do it. I'm just, I, I am, it reminds me i guess that for all things whether it's this trail or whether it's my trail or even something else that where there is a will there is a way okay okay fair enough now you made mention that you see yourself out on it, on this trail, or I guess continuing to work on this trail again next year, but with some additional people to, to try to work on formalizing the trail at that point, or is that still more of a scouting mission? It's more of a scouting mission. Okay. I mean, that would be, that would be with vehicles, campers, like, you know, yeah, so it's not part of this project that I'm doing right now. Um, and I think that's probably going to be like there's a bunch of people that have asked me if they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably going to be more the board of directors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of people that have asked me if they can be, um, part of the, um, nonprofit and board of directors and they want to go spend time doing that stuff. So I think that's the way that that will look. You've inspired Um, somebody, some people. I'm sorry. You've inspired some people. I don't know. I guess I have. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, 
I'm kind of now. a humble. I'm kind of a humble person, and when people give me credit for things, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I just, I <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, fine, yeah. There's people who <laughs> are going to be um, members of the board of directors of a nonprofit that they're starting, and. They want to come scout stuff out next year, and I think that'd be great. <laughs> it'd be good. <laughs> I mean, I don't think. I mean, I never look at this like. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I mean, it's kind of crazy because, like, um, I have people that are helping me with this, and uh, it's just awesome. It's awesome for them, but I mean, I don't, like, I'm just Rue McKenrick. I don't, I'm not that impressive. Like, <laughs> I'm just, like, doing this thing. And then when people, like, try to give me credit for this, I'm always, I'm always like, hey, man, relax. Like, it's not really... <laughs> I'm just this dude. <laughs> a dude in Texas. I'm just a dude that's doing this and it and it's been cool and it's been fun. But you realize right that that you saying that I I am totally picking up on that and that's going to be your introduction on this episode. <laughs> on no. today's episode, there's a dude no. named Rue in Texas. <laughs> no. no. Uh, no, no, please not. <laughs> I'm so loving this right now. I'm, I'm yeah, me to, too. Me too. Chance to talk. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. I I know it's getting kind of late out where you are. Mm. Um, and I'm assuming that potentially hiker midnight applies for you in these. That's right. These days. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping that you uh, will or can, whatever, uh, answer uh, a couple more things or, or answer a couple more questions. But the, the, the big question that I have for you, you know, you have hiked many, many miles at this point. And I always get the response of, I can't pick just one, but... What has been, what sticks in your mind as one of the best moments of your experience in, in through hiking or one of your most favorite moments in through hiking? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and like I said, I know everybody basically says, I can't pick just one, but. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about, um, hmm. What do I want to talk about here? <laughs> um, yeah i know so many miles so uh, little time yeah i know okay i think that what is the first when i say those words what is the first thing that flashes in your mind um i guess the first thing that flashes in my mind is the colorado river i guess that was it Seeing the Colorado River and and uh, seeing the canyon, 
Mm. The canyon is pretty special. Seeing how there was... Okay, so... Uh, let's see. See if I can say this. There is, like, a lot that I read about that in the past. You know, the man who walked through time? Um, the essential backpacker? Like, all these different books mm-hmm. that were written about in the 1960s or 1970s about backpacking, uh, Colin Fletcher. No, Colin Fletcher, Colin Fletcher had written a, uh, like I said, he had written a book, um, The Man Who Walked Through Time and, uh, several other books. And they were just like very beautiful. And he would express his, uh, journeys through the Colorado River. And and he's not even an American. Um, he's from, uh, Britain, but he would come over here and he would do these backpacking trips and just like was so engaged with America and, uh, so cool. So I think when I came to that area, I was really thinking about Colin and he's, he's since passed. He's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. But I just, <laughs> just like, man, if Colin and I were here together, it'd be so cool. And, um, he, he just really established, I think, like people who are into backpacking now. And he, he just kind of like went and did these things on his own. And I haven't read a blog or anything. I haven't read anything about backpacking in the last 20 years. Okay. It's not because I don't care. I just, I just haven't. Um, YouTube, any of that stuff. I, I just haven't. But I read this book and, um, like I said, um, he's talking about like his experience through the, through the Grand Canyon and he's like doing all this stuff. It's like so cool. So awesome. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I just appreciate him. So. Did you feel a little bit like his ghost was was on the trail with you? As yeah, you seeing each new kind of vista and turn in the trail. Oh, absolutely! You know, and I think that's kind of weird when people hear me say that I haven't read a blog or anything on Facebook or anything in the last like twenty years, like. I just haven't, but like Ray Jardines, um, beyond backpacking and, oh man, there, there were like so many books that were seminal 
back in the day that I read like 20 years ago or or even more than that, 25 years ago, that they're just awesome. And I really wish that backpackers nowadays, that they would read some of that stuff. Like, it's just awesome. It's just, it's, it's mind-blowing because the they're talking about all sorts of different stuff, like the backcountry and how you read, like where to camp and um, like how you make like really good decisions out there. And yeah, like I said, Ray Jardine and uh, Colin Fletcher, just amazing that they talked about this. I don't know why no one's engaged with that anymore. Yeah. I think it's, I think maybe it's just like, because there's blogs and stuff like that online that people are looking at and they're interested in gear, which yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, in my opinion, I don't, I honestly don't think that gear really matters, but knowing some like backcountry skills, and stuff. It's just yeah. so cool. And they would just write and talk about this stuff like so beautifully. You know, it's like really would touch your heart. And of course, you wanted to go backpack after that. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, of course, you, you did. Want to touch, I you want to see what they're talking about. I know. I mean, just. Yeah, you would read what they had to say, and then you'll be like, oh, man, I want to go experience that. So cool. Yeah. These guys were talking about, like, the beauty of the wilderness and how you explore and do these things. I feel like like what you're talking about is also – because I have read Ray Jardine's book and and – I feel it's a little like what you're talking about is a little bit like that. I feel when I look at an Ansel Adams photograph mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the West. And yeah. You, right. And right. It's like, wow. I, it, I don't know. It, it moves me in a way that sometimes, I don't know. It, it moves me in a way that sometimes not even seeing the real thing can move me. He just, he captured something in those photographs, in those moments, that is so undefinable. That's the way I was feeling about it. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should? I guess just the perspective of uh, the American Primitive Trail. And I, it's important to me, but... I think that it's something that it's it's not so important that it's a trail. It's not so important that people can backpack it. It's important that we have this amazing, beautiful country and that we can preserve some of this. We really can. We really can. It's very different from other places in this world. 
and and I think we're gonna do it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Where can people find out more information about it? Where they can find out more information is they can always find me on Facebook, uh, Rue McKenrick, and I will always respond to them. If okay. they want to do that, that's fine. Do you have a website or anything like that? or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's called www.back to the pack dot weebly dot com and I will always get back to you and so mm, that's a, that's like a really good place to do that and if people want to contribute they can find a way there to do that perfect and and GG will help like people with that as well. So, okay. Is is she yeah. the one who's mo- while you're on the trail, is she the one who's kind of monitoring that stuff? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, her name's Layla Grace, but I call her Gigi. So <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I, I so come up with confused. Yeah. I come up with nicknames for everyone. Like I'm probably going to have a nickname for you as well. So I just, yeah, I like that. And, um, anyways, uh, she'll get back to you okay. and be responsive. And then what we started doing was, uh, the American perimeter trail project at gmail.com. So if people want to reach us, if people want to participate in this, that'd be great. We want to learn a little bit about how we can make this uh, a non-profit and non-taxable contribution. And we're going through that process right now. So it's just something that I haven't been willing to do. It's kind of like, my own kind of resistance to that. Yeah. So, but I think, I think we're going to do that and, and that'll make more sense. You know, honestly, it's not about me. I, I honestly (laughs) just like a person who's doing this and it's been great and it's been awesome. But, I really want to be able to create this trail and create this space for people. I think we're going to build something really cool. Yeah. And it may take like a couple of decades or whatever, but I think, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be pretty fun. Links for Rue's episode can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. 
Special thanks to Rue for sharing his stories from the trails and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. Though 2020 hasn't quite worked out the way I planned, I do intend to continue the podcast, gathering stories, gear recommendations, and inspiration for my thru-hike. Whether that's a Sobo hike this year, or 2021, or five years from now, the dream lives on. I'll catch you on the trail. <laughs>